In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of the OGGN HSE podcast, sponsored by Anderson Hauser. We're very grateful for our sponsor, Anderson Hauser. Anderson Hauser is a global leader in process automation and measurement instrumentation. Anderson Hauser is your people for process automation. Go to our OGGN Anderson Hauser website to find out more about Anderson Hauser and also to register for their monthly giveaway, which is a very nice jacket. So, and we'll mention the website address at the end of the show again. We'll also put it in the show notes so that you'll have it. Well, let me start off by saying that I have two guests today that I'm very excited about. And the first one is Robin Lane. And you know, we've the last, I think if you keep up with this podcast on a regular basis, the last two or three interviews that we've had, we've interviewed people from Canada. We've interviewed people from Paris, France. A few months ago, we interviewed someone near London. So this definitely is international in scope. So today I've got Robin Lane. And Robin, what country are, are we talking to you from? <laughs> well, some would say I'm from the country of Texas, but uh, I'm here in San Antonio, Texas. Well, for those of us from Texas, we understand about thinking about Texas as being its own country. In fact, there was a there was a famous philosopher. I, I cannot remember his name now. He said, Texas is neither the West nor the South. Texas is Texas. And then we also have with us, we have Monica Howard. And Monica, are, are you in some foreign country? I am also in the great country of Texas. The great country of Texas. Okay. So, Monica, I think you're in Houston. And Robin, are you in Austin? I'm in San Antonio. I'm actually from Austin, but I moved to San Antonio a few years ago. Okay. All right. Well, San Antonio, that's the home of the Alamo. That really is Texas, you know? It is. The Alamo and, you know, decent margaritas. Well, there you go. And uh, <laughs> there, <laughs> good old Texas. And, Monica, you're in Houston? Yes. Well, well that's Texas, too. There's San Jacinto, you know, and where they cried, remember the Alamo, and, and Texas won its independence from Mexico. If you were in Austin, Robin, I was going to say you definitely are in a different country, just a little little inside baseball for people who aren't from Texas. Austin is its own country within Texas. <laughs> it is. Yep. Yes. Very different life. That the rest of us rednecks aren't necessarily all that happy about. But anyway, that's uh, <laughs> that's another story. Now, before we get into what you guys do and why we're having you on the show today, just a little more inside baseball. You guys, I scheduled you guys to record this podcast. I think it was about I think it was about four weeks ago. And I have a confession to make to the audience. I did something that I've never done in my entire business career. I can probably in 45 years, I can count on one hand the number of times I've actually stood somebody up for an appointment. And it was always due to, you know, something like, you know, an emergency or car failure or, or something like that. But I had you guys scheduled for this podcast interview and I completely stood y'all up and <laughs> and didn't figure it out until two hours after the podcast. But there was a reason for that. This is 
today, of course, everybody will be listening to this, you know, much later than this when it finally goes live. But today is November the 19th. And just to give you a time perspective, on October the 25th, my son and daughter-in-law who were visiting with us for the weekend, she got sick and my son took her to urgent care. She tested positive for COVID. That October 25th happened to be a Sunday. So they left and went back to where they live in, in Tyler, Texas. And then on Thursday of that week, my wife gets sick. I take her to the urgent care and she tests positive for, for COVID. Now they tested me and I actually tested negative, but I had the same symptoms that my wife had, although not quite as severe. And the doctor said, you got it too. So anyway, just, you know, COVID is a subject that's out there. And I guess by now, just about all of us have have known somebody who, who has gotten it. I can speak from personal experience. We had it. And I know it affects everybody differently, but just in case anybody's wondering, for us, I've actually had worse cases of the flu, although it didn't last as long as this did. This this lasted a good 10 to 12 days, and actually for my wife, it lasted 12 to 14 days. And we just, we had fever and flu-like symptoms and fatigue, and that's the reason I stood you guys up on the podcast, because I was sleeping 12 hours at a time. Well, you know, what was running through our imagination when you didn't show up was much worse. So we're glad you're okay, (laughs) and uh, that it was just, you were sleeping it off that morning. We were glad to hear that and happy to reschedule. Well, and I'm glad that you did reschedule, because Robin, you are the CEO and co-founder of a company called Transect. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. And and Monica, you're her cohort? Yes, I support her. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Monica is our oil and gas ambassador. She's uh, She brings a, a lot of experience in the oil and gas industry and environmental consulting to Transect, and we're super happy to have her on board. Okay. All right. Well, good. So let's get into that. When you go to your website, it says real-time environmental due diligence. What does that mean? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, so this podcast is all about environmental health and safety. And that first word there, environment, is a big part of what we do. So the idea around EHS and and the practice around EHS is that you're, you know, you're implementing practical solutions at your company that, that deal with kind of environmental protection and safety at work. And so from an environmental piece, you know, what a lot of companies do is they're creating processes, best management practices, in house ways to comply with environmental regulations and health and safety and things like that. So that environmental piece of EHS is where we play. And so Transect specifically, our vision is to balance that conservation of the natural world, that environmental piece with the needs of the built world. And as you mentioned on our website, we do that by making environmental due diligence easy for those in a lot of industries, including oil and gas. As your listeners know, though, environmental can mean a lot of different things. It can mean air, it can mean hazardous materials, wastewater, etc. But for transect, environmental is more about natural and cultural resources. So those sensitive plants, animals, rivers, waterways, lands, cultural resources that are part of our natural world. And the due diligence part is that we make it easy for our customers to understand what natural resources regulations and permits apply to their proposed projects. We give them practical recommendations and next steps to follow those rules and regulations so that they can ultimately proceed with their project in confidence. 
a lot of these regulations are things your listeners have probably heard of before, like the Clean Water Act, the Endangered Species Act, National Historic Preservation Act, NEPA, just to name a few of kind of the hundreds of federal, state, and local regs your customers are required to follow and our our customers are required to follow. And Transect tells them all of this in about 90 seconds, and we do it 24-7. So there's kind of no more shot-in-the-dark guesswork about environmental constraints during project planning. And that's that's the due diligence piece. Well, now, wait a minute. Well, a couple of things here. You stumbled over the word transect. Where'd you come up with that name? (laughs) So, yeah. So transect actually came from, transect is the, basically, I think the definition of it is the collecting data or or kind of walking between a point A and B or collecting information along, along a line from point A to B. And point A to B is that transect. It actually came from my very first job out of college where I was a field tech and I walked transects about on 3,500 acres of property out by the Salt Lake near Austin and looking for karst features, which are holes in the ground that may eventually turn into caves. They're sensitive to water quality when you're going to put up, I think, a residential community is what we were surveying for. So I walked straight lines back and forth, back and forth, which are called transects for an entire straight Texas 105 degree summer looking for holes in the ground with you know, nothing but a compass, a GPS, and some snake guards. And yeah, that was a formative period of my environmental consulting career. It was hard. It was hot, but I learned a lot. And the idea of collecting information along a point is what we were doing in the field back then. And it's what Transect does now for our customers. So both of you guys, Robin and Monica, y'all have environmental degrees or what? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a biology degree from the University of Texas at Austin. And I've got a degree in land reclamation. And where did you go to school? I went to a graduate from University of Wisconsin, Platteville. Well, now that's not Texas, Monica. No, Texas is where I am now. I've been here since around 2005. Came down from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to support offshore permitting, believe it or not, in the energy industry back when we were trying to import LNG. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So the other thing, Robin, is... You said something about we do this in 90 seconds? We do. Yeah. So Transect is an online platform that basically we accumulated all of the necessary information to do environmental due diligence, which was previously accumulated. You know, when I was a consultant, when Monica was a consultant, we would do this kind of by hand on a project by project basis, which is kind of what made it time consuming and expensive. So what Transect did is we actually accumulated all of that data in one place, but we didn't just accumulate the data. We also applied a bunch of regulatory triggers and algorithms so that Transect takes, you know, our users can import their project location. And then Transect takes that along with some project context questions about what type it is. You know, is there federal funding? Are you planning on avoiding impacts to wetlands? And Transect applies the data that's found on site along with a whole bunch of rules around regulations to tell our users, yes, you know, here's all the Here's all the environmental things you have on site, but also here's what to do about them. So just because you have a forested wetland on a map that's, you know, that your pipeline is crossing, that's great. You know you have a forested wetland, but what does that actually mean? So Transect tells you in about 90 seconds, that means you probably need nationwide permit 12. Since you have forested wetlands, there's some avoidance and minimization strategies that we would that we would recommend to help decrease your permit burden. Ultimately, we tell our users in you know 90 seconds using all those algorithms combined with data what regulations apply, what permits apply, how you can how you can kind of back off the scariness of some of those those permits and regulations, minimize your permit burden so that ultimately you can kind of strategize around 
any environmental constraints for your project budget, footprint, or timeline. That sounds like a very sophisticated technology program. How did you guys put that together? <laughs> well, the idea kind of came to me when I was at my last position. I was national program manager at a, at a large environmental consulting firm doing natural resources. And that was in those are those were in the great days of 2014 when oil and gas was booming and we were so busy doing field work and trying to permit a whole bunch of our customers' pipelines that we were having a hard time kind of keeping up with and managing kind of the busy work around data collection. And at the time I was thinking, gosh, it would be nice if all of this information that we're using to help our customers understand kind of in the early planning phases what environmental constraints they might hit. It'd be nice if that was just all in one location and I didn't have to keep kind of repopulating these PDFs and doing all this research over and over and over again. And so when oil and gas slowed down and I decided to move out of the corporate world, Transect was a was a no-brainer to get started with. So I grouped together a couple of people, my two co-founders, and we made it happen. We had a technical co-founder who helped us build the minimum viable product over a weekend, which basically just proved that we could draw a line on a map and then have a program tell us something about that line. And then we, we fundraised and we hit the ground running about six or seven months later. So you actually started this when everybody else was in the middle of the downturn, when everybody else was, was stopping. You started. <laughs> That's right. Yes. We, I think we incorporated in 2016 and got basically started working full time on it in early 2017. So you mentioned natural resources. You want to talk about how natural resources affect oil and gas projects and project planning? So oil and gas does a lot of different things, right? They build facilities, they build pipelines, and basically anytime you build any of those things, you are likely to be impacting natural resources. And so when we say natural resources, some of the things that come to mind most often are things like protected species, endangered species and threatened species, state listed species of concern, waters and wetlands protected under the Clean Water Act 404. Those are some things that come to mind. You also have natural resources. And so, you know, in natural resources are not always the most expensive piece or the kind of the first piece you think of when you think about project planning or what could affect your project budget, schedule, or timeline, but they can often sneak up on you and end up being the longest lead time from a timeline perspective. So if you aren't anticipating some sort of environmental permit that you need, for instance, you're crossing federal land or you're impacting an endangered species that you didn't know was going to be there, that can oftentimes extend the, the kind of the permitting phase and push out construction for, gosh, could be one or two years, maybe three at some point in time. I mean, there's projects up in North Dakota and there's projects kind of up in the Northeast that have been battling some sort of water permit for years now that they did not anticipate having such a battle on. So while environmental is not always thought of to be kind of the deal killer, it can kind of sneak up on you. And, and sometimes it is. And that's what Transect helps with. It helps our users get some early visibility on those environmental constraints that could affect their project. Actually, it is becoming extremely more important because environmental compliance requirements and expectations, they've really changed in recent times, right? Yeah, they have. So, you know, back in the day, we could kind of do a, a baseline compliance, right? You could just kind of do some reports. You could you know, kind of comply with the rules. But really, I mean, these days, just simply meeting the regulatory requirements often often isn't really enough anymore. There's definitely a higher public view of environment these days. And so a lot of our oil and gas customers have a higher burden of, yes, they have to comply with the laws, but they also kind of need to demonstrate a sincere avoidance and minimization 
and meaningful conservation and mitigation measures to really play ball these days. So I feel like the, the rules haven't changed, but kind of the public perception around the environment has, and that that holds particularly a lot of our public publicly held oil and gas customers to a bit of a higher standard. Nobody wants to be a keystone these days. You know, that was kind of where I think a lot of that public knowledge around oil and gas and wetlands permitting and things like that really, really ended up in a, in a big spotlight. So Monica, your expertise is the oil and gas industry? Yes, I've been in this field supporting cross-country pipelines for about 20 years now. Half of it in the consulting side and half of it as an in-house industry running environmental departments. So Robin mentioned something about some kind of water permit up in North Dakota or whatever that this company wasn't expecting. These environmental compliance requirements and expectations and regulations, which ones affect the oil and gas industry the most right now? Well, I think the Clean Water Act has been definitely in the spotlight lately. Just earlier this year, the most heavily used permit by the oil and gas pipeline industry, Nationwide Permit 12 for crossing wetlands and water bodies, was revoked nationwide. So it came to a screeching halt on on construction projects for anybody trying to utilize that permit. And that was brought about a ruling from the on the Keystone Pipeline regarding their compliance with the Endangered Species Act. So it's all very intertwined as far as how natural resources are evaluated and regulated. And then, of course, you've got the Dakota Access Pipeline that was revoked under a 408 permit, or it was ordered to shut down in regard to an environmental analysis done for for crossing a water body as well. So what you've got here, of course, is, as we all know, and, you know, this is one of my pet peeves. People who listen to this podcast on a regular basis know that it is. And what you just said a few minutes ago about nobody wants to be a keystone, I can tell you I've been involved in on this environmental side in the oil and gas industry since the mid-1990s. And the way that oil and gas, the industry as a whole, has responded to environmental issues in the last, you know, 20, 25 years or whatever, they've made remarkable improvement. And I don't think we've I don't think we've done a good job of getting our message out that, hey, we're concerned, you know, we're concerned about the environment, too. This is the OGGN HSE podcast, and our our big theme is we want everyone to come home safely. Well, we want them to come home safely in a healthy and in a positive environment. We don't want dirty air and dirty water and all that sort of thing either. Unfortunately, it seems like it's almost a war out there. You've got the oil and gas industry, and then you've got you know the environmental folks. And rather than trying to work together, we seem to be at odds with one another. And these these kinds of things that you're talking about, you can actually help oil and gas companies in a really efficient manner to, to deal with these sort of things, right? Yeah, I think you're absolutely on track. I mean, nobody, I was telling people like, none of my oil and gas customers are interested in tearing down endangered species trees or polluting waters, right? Like nobody's interested in that. But the tricky bit is, is that not, you know, oil and gas companies are not always, you know, well prepared to understand the environmental constraints early in their process. I mean, some of the some of the data gatekeepers out there, some of the conservation groups, the NGOs that hold a lot of the conservation information, you know, I mean, to be honest, they give it to they give it to the biological, you know, Center for Biological Diversity, they give it to universities, but they're very hesitant to release a lot of their information about where these sensitive species are, where these sensitive areas are. 
to industry, which is exactly the group that needs it because they're the ones that want to avoid it and have, you know, they're, and, you know, they're financially incentivized to avoid it. They, you know, they're, oftentimes their vision is around, you know, not impacting the environment. And so what Transect does is, as I said, on our mission, our vision earlier, which is to balance conservation of the natural world with the needs of the built world is that we're really trying to bring together those two missions the mission of that you know a lot of the environmental groups have which is to conserve to conserve and protect and you know our federal law says the same things we have the clean water act we have the endangered species act for a reason but a lot of our customers don't know how to get the information access it and utilize it in a way that they can prepare their projects to be environmentally sensitive they find out you know too late it's, you know, and then it's too expensive to go a different direction. And so, yeah, that's a lot of what we do here is we try to, we try to empower our industry users with the environmental information they need to meet their own internal mission around environmental conservation. Well, there you go. I think you just summed it up. I think you just summed it up perfectly there. So you can really help oil and gas companies. Your website is transect.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And then I tell you what we'll do. We'll put in the show notes, Robin and Monica, we'll put your LinkedIn URL. So if anybody wants to contact you directly, they can do that through LinkedIn. I'm really impressed with your vision to put this thing together. And it sounds like you can save companies a lot of headaches if they'll look to you guys first. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're here to do. And I'll leave one little freebie for your listeners. If you go to www.transect.com and sign up for a free account, super easy, just an email address and a name, we'll actually give you your first report for free. So if you're working on a project right now or you've worked on a pipeline in the past that you want to, you know, compare your old, the old way you did it with the new way or you're looking to build a project and you'd like to get some information from Transect, you sign up for that free account, you can run your first report free. A full Transect report will be available for you and uh, you can you can test out our product to see what it's all about. All right. Well, that's perfect. So go to Transect.com to get your free account. And as I said at the beginning of this podcast, find out more about this podcast sponsor. Endress and Hauser by going to the Endress and Hauser OGGN website, which is actually it's cx.endress.com forward slash HSE dash podcast. And again, we'll put that in the show notes in case you can't remember that. You can go to the Transact website and get your free report. You can go to the OGGN Endress and Hauser website and register for our free monthly podcast giveaway. This also helps them helps Anderson Hauser know that you're listening to and, and, and you're enjoying this podcast. You can also follow Anderson Hauser on LinkedIn. We'll put that address in the show notes. Also on Twitter at Endress underscore US. And as always, we thank everyone for listening. Please tune in next week for another episode of Anderson Hauser's Oil and Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Anderson Hauser is your reliable U.S.-based partner for measurement, instrumentation, services, and solutions. We are your people for process automation. And check out our other OGGN podcasts. Just Google OGGN podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends about us, and we'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for December 2020. This month, we only have three events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events that I talk about here. 
We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. First up, we have our two OGGN live streams, and on the third, we have Moving Up in a Downturn, and on the eighth, we have Quality Management in a Down Economy. The only in-person event we have this month is the API and SPE Houston Chapter Luncheon about the rebuilding of the American oil field, which will be at the Petroleum Club on the 8th. Other than these events, OGGN may be hosting some more live streams this month, so make sure to check out our Facebook, LinkedIn, or our website for more information about any of the live streams we have coming up. If you have any questions about the events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for December, and I hope you guys have a great month, and thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.